Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Another great episode. We had a great guest, local comedian, great friend of mine, Ben Jaramillo, comes over to the JMS Podcast studio and we chatted up. Had a great conversation and uh, he's a real cool guy. Worth checking out if you're into the local comedy scene. Uh, and I think he's one of the uh, most brilliant minds out there right now among us local guys here in San Jose. A very interesting guy. Also, uh, thank you for listening on iTunes. Thank you for listening on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening on Stitcher. Thank you for listening on any other form that I'm not aware of. I know it happens. I'm looking at the stats and I'm like, huh, these listeners are listening from a third party uh, <laughs> uh, medium. So I was like, okay, whatever. Whatever works for you guys. Awesome having you guys here. Thank you for the support, everybody. Don't forget, you can email me for anything at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, whether you have any questions or whether any have any uh, recommendations or whether there's anybody interesting in the community you feel I should uh, you know contact and have them here on the podcast. Check out the JMS Podcast Facebook group. Uh, I tried to put it in pictures of my guests and also other good stuff, you know, of upcoming events and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, this intro is short and sweet because uh, my friend Ben. He has a lot to say. Yes, he does. Let's go along with the show. Let's do it. Ben Jaramillo, I'm glad to have you here at oh, the GMS hey, podcast. How are you doing? Let's I'm start good. there. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I I feel like I'm operating on all cylinders right now, so that's good. Like you're trying hard to keep going right now. No, not at all. No, no I just mean like uh, some days, you know, you wake up and you feel like... You know what? That was me yesterday. Oh, okay. I had a weird-ass dream. Yeah? Uh, it was a gunfight in the library, and I woke up. Because the guy that was Wait, shooting... Wait, what was the gunfight over at the library? Do you uh, know? Yeah. It's like, it was pretty like much you didn't return your books. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but no. Actually, in my dream, a friend of mine, like these two guys wanted to kill my friend. Okay. My, my friend was like, dude, if they want to kill me, let them kill me. I'm like, no, what are you, dumb? So I start, you know, shooting back. And for some reason, my, my gun kept jamming, so there's a shootout. So, so it was a codependent gunfight. I I guess or your it was. friend was okay with dying, yeah. but you wouldn't let them because you have to take care of them. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> and, and, and and the dream ended with me finally shooting both of them, and the guys like, and the last word before the guy died was like, "Hey, man, uh, don't forget to cover the blood on your shoes, you know, because I don't want them to find you, uh, you know, once I die." Like, he was pretty much helping me cover his own murder. Okay, well, I and mean, then that I w- just sounds like good assassins code. <laughs> and then I woke up. And the whole entire day, I was just groggy. I was just yeah. like, oh, I'm so tired. Because you like, woke up out of that, You didn't finish that REM sleep, bro. No, I, I guess not. I guess not. But but yeah, so I get what you're saying a bit. Is that, is that what you're... I mean, yeah, I mean... B- besides I, well, the dream, you know, I mean, like the whole like grogginess. Grogginess or just like, you know, not feeling... Like there are those days where you feel like you're affecting life and there are days where you feel like you're being affected by life. Yeah, 
Yeah. But let's see. I remember. Let's see. The first time I met you was at Frascati, I believe. Yeah, it had to have been. There's uh, no way it wasn't at Frascati. <laughs> and what what I you stood out for me when you did comedy. Oh, thanks. we did stand up because you had the classic sketch improv sound to it. And this is before I knew you were into improv. Like for me, I was like, yeah, this guy sketch is sketch improv sound. What do you mean by that? Like, because you you did you do very well in creating characters in your bits. With 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 you know dialect and with accents. Oh. And I'm like, wow, like you know, this guy, is, he could do that. You know, you, you got the Jewish mother and you got the the the, the New Jersey guy. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this guy must must have been you know some experience. So that cracks me up because do you know what? Okay, so I auditioned for my improv group at U of A, and I did a bunch of characters. U of A is in Arizona, right? University of Arizona. Okay, yeah. I always forget U of A. For some reason, I think of airplanes. I don't know why. Yeah, University of Airplanes. That's where I went. <laughs> Although, uh, actually, right next to the airport in Tucson is the most hilarious thing. It's a strip club called Turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no. When I auditioned for my group, like to audition, like I did a bunch of characters in the audition, and then once I was in, I never did any characters again because <laughs> I don't really like doing characters uh, in my standup or in my improv, really, like big wild character. I don't know. Okay, I feel like voices are cheating. <laughs> you think voices are like cheap laughs? No, not necessarily. If it's done well, I like when Kyle does it, but. Um, I don't know. It's just like I want the jokes to be really funny, you know. I don't but, want like, it to be funny because the of subject how of I'm the jokes it. is funny, not necessarily. Yeah, the I mean the construction of the joke. I want okay. that to be funny, not less so. You know, I just want to be myself if I'm on stage. But I guess you could still be careful. I don't know. I'm a year in. <laughs> is, that, is, is that your cop out? That's my insecurity. That's my insecurity. I mean, I, I'm just a year in, guys. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know shit about fuck. You know? Well, here's the thing. You're year in doing stand up, but this you've been doing comedy for a while, haven't you? I mean, yeah. I've okay. Been doing Let's start there. And improv. Well, when did that start? Uh, I was in my first improv group in high school. We started like a what high school did you improv. go? I went to Branham. Branham. Okay. Yeah. Um, low key sketch improv group. Not very organized at all, but we. Well, did it's stuff. fucking high school, man. Come on. Yeah, I know. And then in college. My uh, freshman year, by the way, I dropped out of college after my sophomore year. <laughs> um, but uh, my freshman year, I auditioned for uh, this improv group, and I I got called back. And then instead of going to callbacks, I went into a Fleet Foxes Bon Iver concert in Phoenix. Instead of going to callbacks, and then uh, my sophomore year of college. I auditioned for a different group, and I got into that, and so I did that. I mean... Oh, I tried stand-up at 18, too. How did that work out? Uh, it was cool. I mean, it was before I went to college. It was the summer after graduating from high school. Um, I did it for, like, three months, but I would really only ever go to Frascati. This is before they had the Comedia night. Oh, it's before my time. Yeah, before your time. Um... So it was just the music mic that I would go to on Tuesdays. That was a lot of fun, but I mean, I, it's funny because like what I was doing then is so so different from what I'm doing now. What were you doing then? Uh, just really weird stories. Uh, I, like I made up a story <laughs> where I was being interviewed by uh, Greenpeace for a job, and the fake interviewer asked me what my uh, 
what my uh, spirit animal was. And then I, I had I had memorized a portion of Wikipedia's description of Ewoks. A furry, bipedal, bear-like species native to the forest moon of Endor. Now, is it, did you make this up? or did, is, I made that up. I made okay. that all up. That, I made it up. I mean, it was based off of I thought about applying to Greenpeace once. And I just made that up. And then also, I, I actually redid this joke the other day. This was my first, like, joke joke that got laughs. But uh, um, I was at the store the other day. I was buying yogurt. It said, best before 9-11. You know what? You're right, yogurt. You know how you know that? You're cultured. You're cultured. <laughs> fucking, fucking so dumb. <laughs> but I did it the other day. Uh, when uh, Atu had us at Creative TV, me and um, Drew, and we did a little comedian debate, and then we filmed our sets, and I did that joke. Oh, how did that go? It was good. It was cool. Yeah? Um, it was interesting. I'd never done anything like it before. Like a comedy? Was it similar to what I did for Scotty? Uh, before, before, I, before I got semi uh, stepped down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that guy's who we won't name is kind of a prick. Uh, <laughs> but um, but was it that kind of debate format? Where uh, we sat down. And we were supposed to talk about the GOP debate, but <laughs> neither Drew or myself had watched the GOP debate. <laughs> So it's like us bullshitting for five minutes, and I was doing a character, right? And then Drew was just completely denying everything that my character was doing like he wasn't he was just making fun of, i don't know were you given time to prepare i guess atu told me like a day before some gop I, debate yeah <laughs> i didn't what was your character it. trump uh no, no 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 i wasn't doing it. i mean uh, obviously for podcast purposes you won't okay be able to see it, as, as of right now ben is putting on glasses and he's putting them on as if he's um, drunk and they're you know, like, i'm just disheveled. saying right now that uh for the gop debate um you look at certain republican candidates and you know i'm not as excited as i was in the last presidential election in terms of republican candidates i miss mittens romney i call him mittens because i made a pair of mittens that have his likeness on them and i wear that i mean i know we live in california but i like mittens and so i did something like that and oh uh, so you you pretty much played a a the the uh, younger generation of of republicans I mean, the, yeah. the millennial Republicans. Sure, a millennial Republican who's ripping off uh, Dana Carvey's, uh, whatchamacallit, um, oh gosh, I forget, uh, church, the church person, what's her name, where she's just like, could this be perhaps the work of mm, Beelzebub? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That whole SNL sketch? Yeah. It seems like SNL plays a big part in your uh, uh comedy how much has were you watching it from a young age uh i watched it with my parents every once in a while i don't know if it played a huge influence i mean those are you know what i mean there are two things that like well, i remember you're getting into improv you're getting to sketch comedy and you're getting to stand up and those are That's three true. things that are a big factor not in snl would you agree with that i mean yeah definitely i mean you look at snl and they have three types of people on there usually they have the sketch improv people then they have the actor who they have come in like people like robert downey jr when they have them or whatever and then you have the stand-ups like dana carvey who they had on the show and it kind of goes in waves if you look at it mm. like they have different types of casts so at what age what age were you like watching snl episodes um i watched snl and who's line from really young i was really into both of those pretty young like uh seven eight 
I was watching those. And my, my dad's a huge fan of comedy, and, like, he does bits all the time. Like... <laughs> so your dad wants to be a comedian at one point. Wanted to. Uh, my dad wanted to be an actor when really? he was a kid. And then his, uh, my grandmother, the most Catholic woman I've ever met, uh, she didn't want him to be an actor because she didn't want him to fall into the drug and party lifestyle, which he inevitably did anyway. This is back in the 80s? Uh, or 90s? Shit. How old was my dad? Um, and that's, I think, 55, 54. So when you were around, he was still trying to go to casting calls and stuff? No, 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 no. He never, he never followed through with it. This oh. was like when he was like 18 or something like that. So he, he was... By the time I was born, my parents had already been married 10 years. Oh. And, you know, they were just like working in San Jose. Okay. What line of work does your dad do now since he's not acting? Uh, <laughs> my dad right now, uh, he is uh, managing a golf course or a portion of a golf course right now. He used to be in the tech industry, the tech. but this is what he's doing right So now. coming from like wanting to be an actor, does he have that performer's uh, Oh, yeah. My dad's vibe? a total performer. My dad has do you feel that's where you so get it? many life bits. Oh, do you probably, feel that's where you yeah. get it from? I think my mom's funnier, though. <laughs> Honestly. Because my mom, my mom, me and my mom. So your mom is also a comic, huh? No, my mom's funnier just in her outlook on life. Like, my dad does bits, and he does characters, and he's funny. So your mom's... And my dad has stories, but my mom's just, like, really naturally funny to me. Okay. Like, my mom cracks me up. Like, involuntarily funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She knows. She knows when she... Okay. Like, we were at a we were at a graveyard, and... Do uh, everyone want to know why you and your mom are at a graveyard? We were digging up bodies. Well, um, okay. For cannibalistic reasons. Uh, but... Um... We were at a graveyard because we had attended a funeral, uh-huh. and we're just like looking around, right? And we're like, look at all the graves, and you can see the city and stuff. And I'm like, wow, it's a great view up here. And my mom's like, kind of wasted, huh? <laughs> She's just so naturally funny. Uh, and yeah. Like, we were driving down the street the other day. My mom and I like to pick out ugly people on the street because we're mean. And Just people watching and be like, hey, yeah. look at that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And kid. there was this, there was this, and like making my mom laugh is like my favorite thing to do. And that's probably like why I want to do stand up. To make her laugh? Mom, yeah. yeah. I love making my mom laugh. How often do you make her laugh? Uh, as much as I can. <laughs> oh, so you can? Okay. Oh, yeah, I can definitely make my mom laugh. I can't. I don't think I can make my mom laugh. Really? Uh, no, I don't know. Oh, my God. I... Like, my mom, she came to my improv show, and my sister's like, yeah, she's doing... A... To be fair, my mom's very limited English. Uh-huh. Uh, she's like, yeah, she she didn't know what you were saying up there, but she was laughing because she saw the other people laughing. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't count, That's though. That's support. Yeah. That's support, though. So, so, I don't want support laugh. I want, like, you know, yeah, you're funny laugh. Yeah. I'm When my when I went up in the improv the first time, my mom was there, and she, uh, she was like, yeah, I think you're funny, and it's cool. You know, I didn't know you would be that confident and good on stage, but um, I don't like the masturbation jokes. <laughs> like, okay, ma. My mom told me she's like, "Oh, uh, mijo, son, I'm just afraid nobody's gonna laugh at you up there." Oh, <laughs> in my head, I'm laughing because like, "Oh my god, can you imagine if she was in any of those open mics? I bombed." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> a mother's she's... worst nightmare for a comic. I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But you were saying that bombing you... can be funny though. But you were saying you were driving around with your mom, oh, talking I was shit about with people. My mom yeah. and we were driving past the McDonald's. We were over off of uh, South Bascom. And uh, we saw this woman, uh, obviously, like, an alcoholic, obviously homeless, but we're mean. We don't care. We'll pick on her anywhere. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my mom's favorite phrase to use is like, that girl is tore up from the floor up. And, you know, she didn't look good. She kind of looked like the witch from the Sword in the Stone. Uh-huh. Uh, she had that motif going on. And uh, <laughs> uh, she was just eating a burger outside the McDonald's. And to make my mom laugh, I just started singing, Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she precious? Eating her McDonald's. And I just kept doing that song for as long as I could, talking about alcoholism and making up a life for her. <laughs> so I, I'm assuming throughout, you know, your your childhood, you know, you, you were surrounded by comedy. I mean, yeah, to an extent. I mean, my dad's funny and my mom's funny. They're both, you know, they're my mom's funny in the very like dry, cynical way. Do you have any siblings? Uh, I do have a half-brother, but I was raised as an only child. Is he older or younger? He's younger. He's, uh, he's 11 right now. He's le- yeah. kind of hard to... Like, 10-year difference, yeah. Kind of hard, I guess. he lives in Minnesota. To bond. Yeah, that makes it even harder to bond. Yeah. yeah. And is that from your dad's side or your mom's side? That's from my dad. Your dad. So your dad's in Minnesota? No. My dad's no. in California. California. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you raised up as an only child? How was that? Uh, it was good. I like being by myself. <laughs> I'm pretty comfortable with it. I mean, uh, like my. Do, I, do you feel like there's pressure for you? Like even more pressure because it's like you're the only real son. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, and, 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 totally. No, all, uh, neither of my parents went to college. My dad didn't even graduate from high school. Uh-huh. And, uh And so when I got my, I got a full ride scholarship to U of A. And when I got that, you know, my mom was like, I knew it. I knew this would happen. You know, like, what were you this studying? is the perfect thing. Uh, <laughs> it's dumb. I should have done theater or film, but I went with PPEL. I decided what it was my major. What is PPEL? Philosophy, politics, economics, and law. <laughs> okay. So I went to college, and I fucking hated class because I chose to you, study it, some. Because there was that pressure to, like, get a real degree, you know? A real degree? What the fuck is that? These I, a real degree? Yeah, right. Uh, no, I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, I gotta get a real degree, and I gotta get a real job. I gotta make my, you know, my mom happy. Like, my dad doesn't give a shit. My dad's like, do whatever you want to do. As long but as you're happy. My, yeah. Uh-huh. But my mom, you know, I felt like I had to get something for, I had to get a real degree for her so she could be proud of me. And then I ended up dropping out of college, and it's still the worst thing I've ever done to her. <laughs> is it? She didn't take it very well? <laughs> No, uh, that's yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, at what point did you reach that level? You know, uh, when you're studying and you're like, I fucking hate these classes. I fake, I hate these subjects. Uh, day one. And I'm sure, <laughs> not only that, but I'm sure like you're surrounded by people who think they're smart. You know, being in political and economics, it, yeah. it's a tough environment. I mean, it's a tough environment if you're not into that uh, culture. Mean, well, essentially, I never even got. I mean, I got into a few of the PPL classes, but. Um, I just decided to do get all my um, my lower division classes out of the way, and I was miserable because I had this idea of college where it was like gonna be like this open bastion of intelligence and free speech and philosophy and debate. It just happened you're in Arizona. Well, no, nothing. Arizona's fine. Uh, U of A is great. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a great school. Uh, people from Tucson like, or not people from Tucson, but people, some people in Arizona like to say that Tucson's a San Francisco of Arizona. Is it? I guess that's kind of true. Yeah, in terms of the art scene and stuff. Uh-huh. But, uh, 
You know what? It wasn't it wasn't the college. It was just my expectations were so weird. Like they were like my expectations were like a movie, you know. I had a movie idea of college and how it was going to be and then you get there and you start taking your uh gen eds and it's just like high school. <laughs> and so I was pissed about that. Hmm. And so I kind of started giving up immediately. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I got to go back. Uh, you know what? I I don't know. My first year, I got through it, and then my second year, um, I, I, you know what, you know how I lost my scholarship? I made this weird-ass decision. So I, pretty much every night, I stay up until like at least four in the morning. That's just been my sleep schedule since high school. Yeah. It's been my sleep schedule since middle school. It's still my sleep schedule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a night owl. That's just how I've always been. And I made this decision <laughs> uh, sophomore year of college where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn my sleep schedule around. I'm going to be a more productive person. I'm going to take 8 a.m. classes Monday through Friday. <laughs> the second you say, I want to be more productive, you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. exactly. And yeah, that must have been, yeah, that's hard. No, right? it didn't work out at all. Yeah. It worked out. Were you doing comedy over there at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing. Uh, How was the comedy scene over there? Uh, in Tucson, um, I don't really know about the stand-up scene. I know they only have like one comedy club. I think it's Laughs, and I there were a couple people, my improv group, who would go over and do stand-up over there. But as far as I know, there's not really a stand-up scene in Tucson. Uh, there is an improv scene. I know they have, uh, Tucson Improv Theater, which was just starting up. As I was getting into college, I think. And then you have uh, Darwin and Comedy Corner, which are the two on-campus improv groups. So there's a bit of a scene. I think there's more of a stand-up scene in Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, but Tucson, eh, kind of bereft. Okay. And who are some of your inspirations in stand-up? My favorite comedians have to be... John Mulaney is probably my number one, just in terms of, like, makes me laugh the hardest. John Mulaney. Really? I have mixed feelings about John Mulaney. Why? I just... He's coming to Oddball. I'm excited. I think it's his fucking face. Maybe What? Maybe it's his... You got a problem with John Mulaney's face? I think I do. I think I think how he has that, that, that smirk to him, like that... That oh like I'm I'm cool kind of thing where he tries to come off as like he no does. I'm the nice guy kind of guy I don't know I find some fakeness into it I don't know why not to say he's bad though I think I mean his I, material is great the thing is for me his material is just perfect perfect you know, it's really just, well it's just like the best that it could possibly be and like his bits are just so tight and they're just so well constructed and like the voices that he do are hilarious to me and stuff like that and. I don't know. I, I just... He makes me laugh really hard. His TV show was awful, but his stand-up makes me laugh uh-huh. so hard. So and you got J- John Mulaney. John Mulaney, and then we got uh, Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane. That's a Santa Cruz guy, right? Or no? no, he's a Chicago guy. Chicago guy, there we go. Um, and then uh, Nate Bargatz. Hmm. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly at all. So it sounds like you, you're more into the... Uh, the most recent come up uh, comics. Yeah. yeah, those are. I mean, those are the most interesting guys to me. I mean, John Mulaney just because his bits are so fucking funny and they're just like it's observational stuff a lot of the time, you know. And then Kyle Kinane is just like this poet philosopher comedian, you know, and like he really gets into shit and how he feels about things. 
and I really like that. And then Nate Bargatz just he just has a great point of view. I really like his point of view, and he's just very for me in my mind. He's very himself on stage, which uh, you know is not always true of a lot of comedians. Yeah, I had a, a recent discussion with somebody. Is about how much uh, is it the comedian that's doing stand up? How much of it is actually him? And how much of it is just him putting on an act? I mean, making, creating a character, yeah. Right. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried, you have Dimitri Martin, that's a character. Well, it's um, one of the sense, it's not just about the character, but a sense of honesty. Like, even if they're making a character, can they can they come off as an honest? You know, because there's some comics, you know, from recent uh, friends who are like, yeah, I see them performing, but it's like, I don't believe it. I just don't. It's like, you know, that's that's not him, or he's full of shit. And I guess it's a little difficult to kind of come off as like, you know... This is me. That's what I gotta say. Or I mean, this is my character, and this is what the character, you know, says. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Uh, <laughs> just because I feel like most of the comics we hang around with and stuff like that, like nobody has their voice yet. Nobody knows who they are in terms of comedy. Um, <laughs> I think Kyle does more than most people. I think you know Pete obviously knows who he is, but he's been doing it nine years. You know. Um, you know, so so you feel it, it is because not many of us have found our voices that the well, just, the audience can can kind of be like. Well, I guess yeah, no but at there. the same time, I don't know if there's no honesty there. Like, there's honesty in every. I mean, sometimes I I throw in the towel when I'm doing my bits, and I don't have a connection with the audience because I'm not paying attention to them. But uh, you you don't commit to the bit. I don't commit to the bit. No, I mean, well, it's just Jesus Christ, you know. Like I, I like so many of my jokes, I'm just tired of saying right now. <laughs> But like if I had, and so like I've just kind of I've just kind of thrown them to the side, so I'm trying to do um, different bits just because like I I don't know I don't want to hear myself talk. So what's your, doing those bits. what's your process when coming up with bits? Oh, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> Whatever comes like, up funny. Fuck, I don't have a fucking process. I you think of something and then if you're smart you write it down and then you work it out and keep trying to find like uh cause I know you have a notebook and you're constantly writing in your notebook I mean that's mostly just me trying to figure out what my set's gonna be or like I I don't know I'm trying to give myself structure okay so I listen to Dan Harmon a lot he's the creator of community he's the writer for community and so like I've, I'm searching for structures and ways to come up with ideas you know to let my ideas run through those vessels so Dan Harmon keeps re- uh, you know he has a story structure th- arc uh, a story circle and so like anything that I've written in terms of like uh, like baristas and stuff like that like anything like that I'm trying to put into this structure just because I it's way easier to write if you have a predetermined structure but with my yeah. stand up I don't know what the fuck I'm doing at all uh, I have no idea I would like to have a structure I write things down, and usually it never comes to fruition. Usually the only material I ever get is from me just ad-libbing on stage. <laughs> yeah, this whole idea of structure in stand-up is, is fascinating. Because there's comedians that have structure and do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. And there's comedians that don't have structure and still do it beautifully. I mean, yeah. You know I, say, I, think, I think everybody has structure. Well, you know, I feel like it's just how they came about doing it, you know? Right. Like, you look at Carlin, and Carlin's bits are super wordy and super, you know, like written. His bits are so written, and then you know, 
And you look at another comedian like Sam Kinison or something, and that dude's just off the rails. But um, there's still structure to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if it's off the rails, even if it's written, there's always like an underlying structure because you fall into certain beats just doing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you do it enough. And I feel like some people figure out those beats by writing and some people figure out those beats just by being on stage as much as possible for me because I've, I've trouble with that because yeah. there's jokes where i it's they're short and sweet yeah like, like set up punchline yeah then i have long stories yeah and even the stories themselves reach you know you know i put a little punchline here and there yeah but it's never really set like they're all like very yeah i mean i, I don't know I have no idea. Uh, I like want to want to hear a really stupid joke that I will never do in a set. Uh-huh. When I came with the other day, uh, came up with the other day as I was falling asleep. What is that? <laughs> All right. What is an Indian man who drives people around for a living? When you say Indian, you're referring to Native American or like Southeast Asian? Well, fucking a Jorge. I, I think it was understood. Okay. I think it was understood that I meant Indian. <laughs> I would have said Native American. I'm socially conscious. All right, motherfucker. All right, all right. Indian. Okay, got okay. It. Anyway, and what does? It's a dumb joke. It doesn't matter. What does an Indian guy uh, who drives people around for a living know is inevitable? What is that? Death in taxis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. So, so dumb so, but we, that just came to me as a whole joke and it's so useless so here the punchline is the accent I mean the accent instead of you know saying death and taxes the accent makes it death and taxes you know what's so funny because I know there'll be in, in certain that's like a great joke on a bar people will eat that shit up probably I don't know I'll never or do in a it. comedy it's club fucking stupid I'll never do it it's so dumb wanna hear the worst joke I've ever come up with this got? is literally the worst joke I've ever come what up with what is it and I I think it's funny still but like it's racist in a weird way and also very specific to a certain type of time period what do you call an artist who wears socks with sandals to the beach what Jackson Pollock <laughs> yeah it's like a Polish joke <laughs> this is so bad it makes no sense I mean like there were maybe like there was maybe like a year where like Jackson Pollock was relevant right and people were still racist against the Polish well, where that joke would have maybe kind of hit and then your friends would have been like yeah fuck see, you see I, I think that's funny because I got a couple books on Pollock here but I, I, I see where you're coming from. Not that many people. Yeah, would, would it's like know. it's like I I have all these jokes where I want to do these. Like I I've been trying. I tried this bit out twice. I tried it once at Woodham's and once at Caravan. And each time, uh, only the bartenders Amanda and Rachel got the jokes, uh, or gave a shit. But uh, it's essentially it's it's Jimmy Stewart as Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Right. Put on the lotion. It, it, it puts the lotion on the skin, man. You want the moon, Mary? I'm not gonna give it to you. You're gonna die in this hole. I'm gonna wear you like a tube sock, Mary. Uh, Mr. Potter, I, I want to eat your flesh, Mr. Potter. I don't know. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> but I think it's really, really funny. Sounds like you pull a lot of material from a uh, pop culture or, or even literary culture. Did I play a part? 
Books? Yeah. Oh, holy shit. You uh, recite Shakespeare? You recite <laughs> a bunch of other shit? Um, I, I mean, I re- always, I've always read a lot. That's just... Like, like voluntarily or was it because of school? Uh, no, they would uh, tear my testicles off if I didn't. No, um, I always read a lot voluntarily. Um, that's like when I, t- when you asked about me being an only child and like how that was and it being comfortable, it was great because I would just read books mm. and that was my happy place. And that's, you know, that's how I learned to be a person because I was very quiet up until like eighth grade. I didn't have any friends, like literally up until eighth grade, I would just sit in the library and read by myself. But like books are what taught me to be a person. See, that's pretty uh, dicey, because what kind of books were you reading that would create this person? Uh, always something pretentious. Always something... Uh, like what? <laughs> beyond me. It, like, <sighs> it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> in eighth grade, I read The Complete Works of Edgar Allan Poe. And How's that pretentious? Complete... That's a great fucking yeah, author. I, and The Complete Works of Ralph Waldo Emerson. Like, that's what I decided to do. I, in my purview of books, like, you know I what's used funny? To, what? If you now would tell me that, I'll be like, that's pretentious. Like, if you were to tell me I'm 22 and I'm, I'm owing to Emerson, I was like, you f- hipster fuck. But now that, like, you, you, yeah, I tried to read all the naturalists and I tried to read Edgar Allan Poe and I did in one year. <laughs> but you, but hearing that you did that at a young age, I'm impressed. I mean, yeah. I, I am I, very impressed. I, I had, it's so funny. I had this, I, you know, you pride yourself on certain things in terms of like you you define yourself as a person right and you think to yourself like i'm funny that's one of my defining characteristics or like you know i'm uh i know a lot about rocket science or like you know like i'm a very fun person or like i'm a solemn person so like people n- define n- knowing your strengths and weaknesses yeah i guess but like it's all like i used to define myself by my intelligence just because when i was young people always told me like oh you test so well ben you know like you know you're a smart guy and i'm like oh i gotta live up to that i gotta be a smart guy and so i would choose books to read that were <laughs> way way over my head I would choose to read them because I'm like, I need to be a smart guy. Like, you need to look the part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not even to look the part because I didn't, but I just wanted to be able to talk about it. I know. I I don't know. Dude, no, I, I actually, I went to a very similar boat. I would fail classes because I got pissed off. People were like, first of all, for some strange reason, I like to read at a young age too. Yeah. And and my my cousins also oh you're smart and friends smart and for 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 me it bothered me because like I, I didn't think I was smart I was like just because I'm reading the you fuck? aren't Jorge yeah, okay. I, I thank you <laughs> uh, see I wish I wish someone would have told me that at a young age it came to a point where I started like intentionally doing bad because I you know because I got picked on at a uh, I think it was on oh I never did well in school uh, f- fourth grade I got picked on and I was like you know what fuck that I want to be part of the cool kids. So, so you so you picked up a hard pack of smokes. And yeah, you pretty got much. Your first tattoo. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and 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 but but this constant pressure of being told you're smart really pissed me off throughout you know my years, younger years. Oh yeah. See, the thing is, what you're supposed to do with kids, and I was reading something about this, is that you even don't, to this day, I don't think I'm fucking smart. Well, I mean, the thing is, you don't tell your kids they're smart. What you're supposed to do is uh, <laughs> congratulate your children on working hard. Uh-huh. Because that's how, you know, you create people. Because if you think you're smart, then you think you go throughout your life and you're like, nah, I could game the system. Things are probably going to work out my way. You know, like, I don't need to put in the work. And then that fucks you, like losing a full-ride scholarship to the University of Arizona. 
You think that's related to you reading oh, at a young definitely. age? Oh, yeah? definitely. I mean, well, I mean, not reading at a young age, but just defining myself. <laughs> God by... damn you, Edgar Allan Poe. You calls me my, my fucking degree. No, it's more like <laughs> defining yourself by your intelligence and always viewing yourself as a smart person. Like, when I lost my scholarship, like, I had a shitty childhood. My parents are both alcoholics, and, like, shit was weird. But, like, the first time life really kicked me in the ass and it was my fault was when I lost my scholarship. And I realized I had been doing something uh, wrong up until then in just the way that I saw myself. And I realized, I, you know what? I decided I'm not a smart guy. I, w- I just want to be a guy who works hard. So throughout your childhood or throughout your teenage years, you you went on this banner of I'm a smart guy. Yeah, I am exactly. the intellectual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did, did you see yourself above others because of that? Uh, I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be disingenuous. Yeah, I definitely thought I was better than other people. I still think I'm better than other people. That's just ingrained. It's like I was telling you, me and my mom, like, pick out ugly people on the street, and we're like, look at these motherfuckers. You know, like, that's just... So you guys are pretty much the, the bourgeois looking at the peasants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. We've always been poor. <laughs> And uneducated. But we're like, look at these fucking people. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, we're pricks. I'm I'm a prick. I know, like, I don't... I, I am I am a fucking... I, I'm an elitist prick. Mm. But it's okay. <laughs> hey, I, I think I'm a, I'm a cold, heartless asshole sometimes. Man, well, that's really funny because in my head, you're just a fuzzy bear. See, in my head, you're... <laughs> You know, a good kid. I don't know. But then again, you know, there's a difference how others see you and difference how you see yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Of course, always. Okay. But, um, wow, so books, how about films? You got into films or anything like that? I would figure, uh, I mean, going through a ch- ch- uh, tough childhood, I would imagine books were, were that window. Oh, yeah, books were my outlet. And I'm sure comedy was also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, like, my mom's my mom's struggled with depression. And, like, the reason I like making my mom laugh is because, you know, like, if she was sad and I could make her laugh, then she wasn't sad anymore. Oh, so you... It's that classic. You, you, you gave yourself responsibility to yeah. help your mom yeah, through yeah. her depression. Yeah. <laughs> just roll your eyes. Like, yeah, Jorge, yeah, come on. Yeah, it's fucking... No, well, no. It's not like, yeah, Jorge, come on. It's just, I roll my eyes because it's fucking weird and like as a kid you don't know but like looking back on it you're like oh that's exactly what I was doing that wasn't my responsibility at that age yeah but uh movies and uh, I mean I like movies I love movies I love some movies um and I'll watch them over and over again but I'm not a very visually uh focused person I'm not like like you take like if we go on a hike you know, mm-hmm. and we get to the top of a mountain, and there's a gorgeous view of the entire city, and so I like I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't care. I'd rather like if we had a good conversation going up. You know, I'm very I'm verbal. That's like I by if I the thing I look for in movies great dialogue. You know, like if there's a great line in the movie, I like that. But uh, or if like you know books, you know, like I can read, and like that turns me on. And I don't really care about things being pretty. Okay, just, just you like things uh, hearing pretty. I not even necessarily. I don't know. I just want it. So if, if that's the case, how about music? Mm. Was music a bigger same influence in, for you? Same thing in music. I mean, I I appreciate lyricism more than anything else. That's one of my fa- not that the music is bad, but one of my favorites uh, artists, the Mountain Goats, mm-hmm. um, John Darnielle, who actually uh, recently wrote a book which I really liked. But um, 
like uh, I love those lyrics, like to all of his songs. You consider writing lyrics, poems? Uh, no. Uh, mm-hmm. actually, I did write poetry in eighth grade, in like seventh eighth grade. <laughs> Part of that package. I, 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 <laughs> Looking I, like I, the intellectual. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just didn't have a means to express myself yet. But uh, you, you weren't like sports? I would write stories and poetry. Um, I tried sports, but I think that's just because I was trying to live up to my dad and him talking about being really into sports. What sports like, was he into? Uh, my dad's into fucking every sport. <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah, I know. Well, I, like, I tried to play football uh-huh. my uh, freshman and sophomore year of high school, and I hated it. I thought it was dumb. And But I did it, because I'm like, yeah. you know what, Dad played football in high school, and, yeah. you know, he was the jock, and uh, I want to be like Pat. Dad. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I always try to live up to what I think my dad... Here's the thing, my dad's happy with who I am. My dad mm-hmm. likes me as a person. There's nothing I've ever needed to live up to, but I still try to do it. So, for the most part, are your parents supportive of you going the comedy route? Yes. Uh, my mom took a long while to get... Um, she eventually accepted it. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm so obstinate. We're both so stubborn. And she finally recognized that this wasn't a thing. Like, she really wants me to go back to college. But I don't see that happening. Just because I'm already on the route that I am on. And I'm happy. I'm happier uh, than I have been in a long time. I'm glad to hear that. Wow. Me too. It's nice. <laughs> it's yeah. really nice. Because, <laughs> like, I'm a year in. But I'm doing pretty well for a year in. And... I'm having a good time, and I'm surrounded by people I like. Hmm. You know, well, I think you're making great moves. Uh, recently, you're, I see, you're starting this thing. I love the out of principle is you're making your own improv team. Yeah, improv well, at the improv. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul and I started doing that on Thursdays, and then uh, once Amy started working at the improv, you know, she actually has like a really strong improv background so once she came along like it became fully realized mm. I, I can't take responsibility for that anymore that's anyone. more Amy's thing than okay else. but still it's like cause uh, I don't cause I tried out for improv groups and yeah. I would always fail in improv but in your improv I really maybe because I knew you guys already so I felt more free to be myself yeah. and, and do outrageous things yeah and and, and Pretty much, I like to your take on improv and how you differ your improv from your stand-up. Where do you draw the line, dude? I don't even know. <laughs> That's the thing. Just going with the flow. I mean, with stand-up you have bits, and improv you're just making. I mean, in, improv I just try to be the most real and true to the character as I can be. With. Uh, Stand up. I don't know. I'm just trying to be as funny as possible. That's all it is. Like improv, I'm not necessary. The difference is improv. I don't go for laughs. I just try to be the character. Stand up. I am trying to be as funny as possible. Where do you find yourself more comfortable in? Um, I like stand up more than improv. I really do. Uh, stand up. This is going back to the football thing. Like, because I didn't. I play. I played football. Hated it. Played tennis. After I played football, love tennis, mm. and it's because I'm a control freak, and I want to be in control. Improv, all these different things could be happening at the same time, and you just kind of have to go with the flow, which I at times I find enjoyable and I like. But stand up, I'm in control. 
Hmm. Uh, it's up to me, and I would rather be responsible for bombing, completely responsible for bombing or having a great set, than partially responsible for either. Now, for someone who's such a control freak doing stand-up, how do you handle hecklers? Or well, how do you handle an audience? That I start yelling immediately. <laughs> I'm a dick. I'm a huge dick. I, I'll never. I'm not. I'm not the calm, cool comic. Uh huh. Like playing it cool. If you if you look at. My, like there is this video uh, that Danny Mendoza took at Woodham's. Like he uh, videotaped a bunch of people's sets, and uh, this lady starts talking at me, and I immediately just start fucking yelling at her. What were you yelling? Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> you black out? <laughs> you just yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I just hecklers. I just I either I'm either I have to I you know I'll try and be cool and be like hey could you. I'm, but it, I usually get a bitter, bigger reaction from the audience if I just explode and go huge and just start talking a mile a minute and just, like, okay. really digging into a person. So you do it for the audience? Yeah, I do it for the audience and also, like, shut the fuck up during my set. <laughs> do you get heckled a bit, quite a lot, do you feel? At the caravan. <laughs> just the caravan? Uh, no, I mean... I've, it's like, funny because yeah, the only time I got heckled was at the caravan, so that's pretty funny. That you would say I mean, that. you know what? It's like two dudes who always hang out there. <laughs> yeah. Who, like during comedy nights, they just feel like heckling, and they'll just talk the entire time. And so you either have to grab those guys' attention or shut them down. Hmm. It's one of the two. You either have to be. I would much rather grab their attention and like have them be on board with me and be funny enough for them to want to pay attention. But sometimes you just have to shut them down, and then that becomes the show. Yeah. And uh, another interesting thing is that you work at the improv here in yes, San Jose. Yes, I do. I do work at the improv. So you're constantly exposed to stand-up comedians. I hear so much stand-up. What, what's, uh, how's, how, how has that been for you? Um, I <laughs> Any bit... I'm so tired of hearing the same bits by different comedians. I'm so tired of it. I hear the same bits all the time. Is this from traveling comedians hate, or I local comedians? Both. I hate jokes about Tinder. I really hate jokes about Bill Cosby. I hate jokes about uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And I swear to God, if another comedian comes to the fucking improv and makes a joke about the light rail being close to bars, (laughs) I'm going to blow my goddamn brains out. Every other headliner we have. Uh And I understand you just want to make a local It What works, works, but... To hear that eight hundred times from you know like you just want to kill so yourself in the back. I just I I'm just like dude seriously like nothing else nothing else stands up at, stands out to you. <laughs> yeah, the light roll. Well, you know the light roll is just right outside the. <laughs> you know it's like people get drunk and then they get hit by a train. What's up with that, San Jose? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> dumb. But for the most part, do you feel it's a learning experience? Oh yeah. No, I mean, definitely. Because I'm sure... It's you... really cool. I, but I, I will say, I've just gotten to the point working at the Improv. I've been working there for a year. Um, where I have started tuning out any stand-up going on. Like, mm. just because I'm paying more attention to my tables mm-hmm. than anything else. And I used to sit there and listen whenever I had time. But then I don't. I don't now. And now it's I just white noise? Yeah. It's starting to become white noise. Which I have recognized, and it bothers me. So I'm trying to force myself to pay attention because it is it is a learning experience, you know. 
Well, because I figured you're there watching not just, you know, new comics or, or local comics, but you're also watching big headliner comics yeah. come into town and either bomb or, or make it great. I'm sure, you know, the most I mean, of them, yeah, most they, of them most murder, of them I'm sure. Pretty well. they, don't, they don't all murder. No? No. What's, uh, what's the worst bombing you've seen from a big uh, celebrity oh, comic? Oh, gosh. Um... I don't know, man. We've had so many people. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anybody bomb. I've seen people be not... I don't want to name names. I don't know. Okay. I feel like it's a dickish thing to do. Also, who the fuck am I to judge? I, I'm not shit. I am, you know... <laughs> You're very humble for somebody who's an elitist. Well, I... You know, I mean, the thing is, inside my head... Yeah. I'm very judgmental. And with my mom, because I know she's the same way, I can be very judgmental of people. And we're both like, Ugh. So, So next time I should bring your mom along on the podcast. Oh, yeah. My mom and I will just talk shit about everybody <laughs> for like four hours. Yeah. How long do you want your podcast to be? 18 hours? That's fine. <laughs> we can talk shit for 18 hours. That's not a problem at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I just know where I'm at, you know? Mm-hmm. I know where I'm at, and that's what you I... You know do. your place. Yeah, which is, exactly. Which, to a certain extent, it's like, good to, to know. Yeah. I would never, I would never, <laughs> I would never go up to like Pete or Atu or somebody and be like, or like Samuel Bate or anybody and be like, you know, man, you don't be like a good tag for that joke. Like I would never do that. I would never do that to anyone in general. Like, I mean, I, I, there's people who ask me. I do me. It to friends. I mean, like you uh, sit down, you sit down with like Victor or Curtis or uh, any of those fucking people. name right now. But yeah, I know. You're, yeah. <laughs> But you sit down with those guys, and you guys are just, you know, hashing out bits, and then, like, you know, you... See, even that, I can't really give someone a tag. I don't know. I'm, really, I'm pretty bad when it comes to that. But but the, the whole notion of giving someone else a tag without them asking, is, for me, it's like, why would the fuck you even do that? I don't know. I mean... Especially if it comes from someone who's not even a fucking comic. Well, if it comes from somebody who's not a comic, then I guess that could be annoying. But sometimes, I mean, you just got to keep your ears open, because people, you know, are smart. People in general, people by themselves, they're very smart. Mm-hmm. They see things, you know, like the human brain is trained to recognize patterns. And so they see those patterns. And sometimes people people will surprise you in terms of, like, Paul is my guy in terms of tags. Paul thinks of so many tags. Paul is a great guy for tags. Paul's- that guy, actually, he has helped me with tags before. Yeah. Because uh, we started out at the San Jose uh, Comedy Club. Yeah. That's where I met him. Yeah. And Paul, and uh, I'm not sure if you remember her, but Darcy... Um, so, uh, they really punched up my material in the beginning. I mean, Paul's just really, really fucking genuinely funny most of the time. Yeah. And that's a great example. At this comedy club, people were giving each other tags. When it came around for me to ha- to tag, all I said was, that was good shit. Like, literally, that's all I could say. Because I, 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 mean, I, I didn't know what to give. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have ideas for what to give and you just don't want to express them? Or... I'm just super weird when it comes. Give you my process of writing is, is fucking yeah, stupid. Yeah, you're a piece of shit, Jorge. I'm a real piece of shit. Fuck thank you, Jorge. Ben. Thank you. I'm That's what I need. Fuck. God damn it, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's fascinating that you thrive in that environment of comics. Just you know doing. I mean, that, those all my best friends growing up were people I could just do bits with. Hmm. You know, that's always been like people who appreciate being able to do bits and catch on to it you know and people who are quick and witty like those those people have always those have always been my friends those are the people i always got close to just like like all of my friends are way funnier than i am that's good that's good yeah and but it's funny because like none of my friends 
who I think are all way funnier than I am, want to do stand-up or anything or improv or They're whatever. just naturally funny. They're just really funny guys. In social circles. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it's, you know, inside ball, inside baseball, you know, just in terms of, like, the jokes we're making to each other, but it's all, it's all so funny to me. Hmm. Like, that, I don't know. Stand-up, stand-up is less and less funny to me the more I watch it. <laughs> okay. But just doing bits with friends, that's, that's what cracks me the fuck up. That's why I like doing comedy, and that's why I want to do comedy, because I just want to hang out with funny people. So what's the goal for you when it comes to comedy, then? Like, where do you want to... What place will you be happy totally, uh, career-wise? I, I don't think I'll ever be happy. Uh, <laughs> I think... Uh, no, I, I know I could be happy. I mean, I am happy right now. Basically, what... Just cre- satisfied, or just like, you know, yeah, okay, I, this is okay where Career-wise, I don't know. I just like to be able to, to support myself doing stand-up, or writing, or whatever. Just something creative I just want to be able to support myself financially doing something creative so stick around the, the comedy club circuits I guess if that's what it is if it's that and then it's that if it's writing for a show then it's that you know like if it's it doesn't matter writing for a show so yeah. you, are you trying to get into uh, uh, TV I Jorge I'm I'm a year I mean, in, am, man. I, am I overstepping here? I mean, I'm questions? a year in. I'm a year in, man. You're a year in, but you're like, what, five years in, into improv and into... I guess. I don't know. Not really. Okay, this whole time frame thing mm-hmm. that, you, that you keep bringing up. Yeah. Oh, I have an idea. I do have I do have a plan. No, no, no. This time frame of like, I'm only a year in, but yeah. hey, I've been reading and I've been writing for years. Do you not use what you learned in the past to what you're doing now? Well, of course, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just I, you know, because I'm I. The only thing that I am making a concentrate. Also, do you want my water? Because you ran out of water. I did. I'll take it. Okay. okay. Oh, <laughs> careful! Not over the, the that thing. Okay. Yeah, that'd be. Better. Um. Well, because uh, here's the thing. I'm like what? I'm we're on the same fucking page. I'm like a year and a half in. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I have experience in theater writing, for writing plays. Yeah. Writing screenplays writing you know in general writing poetry whatever the fuck and i utilize what i learned there what i read there what i studied there in my comedy yeah of course i'm sure you're doing the same thing yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying it's it's like when you add all the things up what is it you want to do with that um ideally i think i want to be dan Harmon. A, uh, a show, a TV show creator and showrunner. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna create something beautiful that I have complete and creative, complete creative control over. And Ooh. then he also has this podcast, Harmontone, which is a live show at the Nerdist that mm-hmm. they do once a week. And so he gets the performing aspect there. So I wanna be, I wanna have something I can tinker with and create and have deadlines for. But then I also wanna have an outlet to perform. Was that hard, Ben? What? Was that hard getting to that point? You know what? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I don't allow myself to dream big because I in my head I just need to be focused on the moment mm. and just keep moving forward and just doing the next right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear you, yeah. If I dream too big, then I get 
eventually I'll be disappointed, you know? If I just keep doing the next right thing, then I've been doing everything that I can and need to do, and so I can't be unhappy with it. Do you feel, you feel like you've been disappointed a lot? In my life? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm a human being. <laughs> well, it's to the point where you stop yourself from dreaming big. Oh, uh, I mean, you know what? I am pretty closed off in that regard because people have disappointed me a lot in my life. But friends, family, yeah, mostly family. Most family, yeah. <laughs> my friend, I've always viewed my friends as my greatest strength in life, just because I know that I can pick good people to be friends with. Ah, see, I'm in the philosophy of you don't choose your friends; your friends choose you. But then okay. again, but then again, you, I don't know. The I way choose, you, li- I choose people. You choose I people. choose people, and I okay. latch onto people. Like I chose Paul. You chose Paul. I decided Paul was going to be my friend, and then I made him my friend. <laughs> For some reason, I imagined you in a, like in some bar, and you see Paul coming in slow motion through the door. Well, do you it's want, like love you, at first sight. No, no, no. Do you want me to tell you how it went down? How did it went down? Okay, so uh, Paul. It's like love at first. Paul sight. Paul and I were the first day that Paul and I like kind of informally met was the day we were getting hired at the Improv. Mm. The day we had our orientation at the Improv, which was June twenty fifth of last year, which was my birthday. And I will tell you that I saw Paul walk through the improv door. And he was literally walking in slow motion. His hair blowing in the wind. The ruffles in his shirt swaying with each breeze. Uh-huh. He was chewing bubble gum. And then he blew a bubble and he popped it. And it got all over his face. And I was like, hey there, stranger. Could I give you some assistance? And then I licked all the bubblegum off his face. And then I started chewing it. I'm like, oh, sorry. Did you want this back? And he's like, yeah. But hopefully it comes with the rest of the package. And then we fucked on stage at the improv. And that's how we became best friends. And you got the job. And I got the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so but yeah, so friends are a very, very important factor yeah, in your life. Yeah, Good. that's my support system, man. That's that's part of the reason why I was so fucked up while I was in Arizona. I didn't know what to do is because I lost my support group. You know, you lost your friends. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was in different places. It was like the scariest, most alone I've ever felt. Oh yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Fuck. When I transferred from De Anza to San Jose State, I was. Without friends. And that's when I got into comedy. Terrifying, isn't it? I got into comedy because I had a hard time making friends at SGSU. Yeah. And I was, and thank God I stayed at that comedy club because I don't know what the fuck I would have done with myself. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, I think stand-ups are a bunch of just lonely people. <laughs> We're definitely broken people. You know, I thought film, like me being a film student, mm-hmm. film, I thought filmmakers and writers were fucked. But then I realized that stand-up comedians were fucked even more. I don't know about stand. I don't know about everybody being fucked or whatever. You know, you I have think- to be fucked to be a writer. Yeah, I mean, to because think about it. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think okay, why not? Let's go there. I think you just want to. Ha- you just have to have a passion for it. I think that's all that it takes. But I think you're more likely to have a passion for it if something <laughs> fucked up happened to you. Nice. Sorry. Oh, that's the improv calling me to let me know what time I need to be in for work. Do you need to take it? Nah. Nah, okay. You can go to voicemail. That's fine.
Okay. But okay. How much time are we at right now? Uh, we're close to an hour. Oh, nice. But, but let's finish on this subject then. Okay. To be in a writing or, you know, to be in film or and stuff, you got to have a couple loose screws because if in my opinion, you are the the fucking um not the outsiders. But in some ways, but in some <laughs> you ways, you are the outside. <laughs> the, the the fucking renegades are, are going against social norms. Instead of studying something that will get you money for sure, which is business or whatever the fuck economics, instead you're doing a, yeah, uh, Instead you're doing something that the percentage of actually making money, making a living off, yeah. is is close to one percent. Like I said, passion. Well, you know, it's about who's passionate, and I think you're more likely to be line. passionate about it if you're fucked up. Or, so, so then we're on that level then. Yeah. When you're passionate, yeah, you're, you're fucked. More, I think you're more likely to be passionate about a creative aspect. Right. Like a creative future if you're fucked up. But I don't think being fucked up is necessary to be passionate about a creative As future. of this moment, I've not met a writer or I've not met a, a comedian or, or I haven't met anybody in film who I felt was, yeah, this is a normal human being. I don't know what is normal, man. Everybody's fucked up. Everybody's got their shit. Ah. You know? Like I don't I don't buy anybody being normal, you know? If somebody's if somebody's too if somebody's too balanced, I can't believe that they're completely that balanced, you know? Mm. But then some people really are. <laughs> That's fucking scary, isn't it? Isn't it funny cuz you're like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. Just... You're like, how are they? It's like it's like that joke that I've been trying to work on for so long and I can't find a punchline for or like whatever. But it's just like I go up and the first thing I say is like, um, have you ever met somebody so good looking and successful that you wish their parents had had the abortion? That is most people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're just like, you look too fucking well adjusted. What happened to you? Why didn't anything happen to you? Like looking adjusted or, or like knowing the person? Looking and... or like, I don't know. I mean, I don't personally know anybody okay. who's well adjusted, you know? Oh, well, there's some people that have their shit together. I mean, I know people who have their shit together, yeah. but and I don't I, know I, I, I do envy them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jorge, <laughs> um, I got a question for you. All right, what's going on? So... Not gonna name names here, but I am the counterpart to a situation that you are in right now. Regarding? I had my own version of a situation that you're in right now. What? I think you know what I'm talking about, guy. Okay. It could be so many other things. Like, what is it? Huh? You're mouthing. What are you mouthing? Huh? God damn it, Jorge! You don't read lips well. <laughs> Alright, I got this. Oh, is it about uh, my recent heartbreak? Is that what it is? Yes. Fuck it. Alright, what do you want to know about that? Oh, no, I don't... I, I mean, I'm just saying... Uh, I'm just saying that uh, I was the other person. I was on the other side of that. On the other side? How did that feel? Uh, you know, it's shitty. Yeah? It's shitty. Good. I know. You should. No, I'm just kidding. But well, dude, I don't know. It's different. I mean, whatever you and so-and-so and so-and-so went through, I think it's different for me. Because trust me, the, it's not the same. Like, really? I know, at first, Why not? At first glance, it looks the same because the same, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, stereotypes are there, mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. But it's different when she, she has certain issues and he has, you, you know, because let me tell you something, man. I come from a poor background. So, yeah. so when it comes to friends, talking about friends, there's not many things I could offer for my friends except for loyalty. Yeah. I will go the if I consider you my friend, I will go the extra mile for you for anybody. Yeah, and that's why I take who I consider my friends, uh, who are you know because for me you know there's layers of friends. There's friends. There's friends in certain fields. And then there's friends who are really really our friends. Yeah, and for me I'm very very picky when it comes to that. Yeah. So the minute you and, and, and I feel betrayed. Yeah. Because you know the, the the you know. I find out from a third party what was really happening. Yeah. And I, I really tried to be mature. I really tried yeah. to meet them halfway. Yeah. But at the end of the day, she had, you know, certain ways of looking things. I had a certain way of looking things. And I did not want any part of what of what she wanted and what I wanted. So that's my issues with her. Okay. With so-and-so, who I considered a friend, just uh, betrayal. And for me, loyalty is such a big issue that it's, it's, it's severed. And, and fuck you. You do what you do. Yeah, and I want no part of that because I think it, it's could, very similar. Could, I think our situations are way more similar. Because if he does that once, I can only imagine how many times will he do it to another person or to me. See, See man, what I'm saying? Okay, I will say mm-hmm. that I agree with you on these points, but but I think you're hurting yourself. Uh, I'm already hurt, but uh, no, uh, no, I think you're hurting yourself more than anything else. Why? At this point, why? But by not talking to him, I'm hurting myself. Yes. What the fuck does he have that I have to, you know, depend on or something like that? Like, he's your friend. Well, you know that. Not anymore, apparently. So no. Yes. What you're saying? He's I, your friend. You're saying I can't do what I do without him. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm not saying that. Then what I'm are you just saying? saying? Having a friend is better than not having a friend. And well, he is your friend. he's not the only fucking friend I had. I know. I know. I got so many other great I'm friends. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When my friends stopped talking to me, uh-huh. I was very, very lonely, and so was he, as far as I understand. And so it's see at that point, just, no offense, but at yeah. that point, that's your fucking problem, and you do what you got to do to get out of it. So if you felt lonely, you should have. I don't know. It seems like you. And Oh fuck! I put a name out there. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to edit that in post. Uh, yeah, hold on. But anyway, you eventually stop saying it. I'm deleting it after. <laughs> okay, all Jesus. right, Jesus. But well, I'll bleep it out. But you guys eventually. I don't know what the fuck. But you guys worked out. That's great. Happy for you guys. You yeah. Know? Um. But but you in that situation, just like I, just like I'm hurt and I'm going through my shit. Yeah. You're hurt. You're going through your shit. Yeah. It's easier to work through it together. I'm not saying you have to be. Something you, I, I'm not saying you have to be completely cool immediately, but it's easier to work through it and talk through it together. Uh, no, dude, they're doing their shit. Let them do their shit. I do my shit. See, I, I, I think you're gonna come around to my point. I think okay. you're gonna come around eventually. Uh, I think maybe I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give it two months. Two months. Two months. Two months. Two months. Okay. But going back to to where you're saying you feel bad, or I should feel bad for him. No, fuck you. No, I didn't feel he, bad for him. Okay. When the fuck did I say that? See, now well, you're putting words in my face. Well, you, you're saying that... You, I mean, we both felt shitty. Uh-huh. Not being friends. So, so Not how, hanging out with each other. How did you deal with it? I mean, I dealt with it by trying to reconnect. Mm-hmm. 
You know? So you, 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 I reached out. So you reached out? Yeah. He hasn't reached out to me since. Okay. So, again, different. Okay. The way you respond is different. I'm not asking, oh, reach out to me now if you want to. I'm not. But point is, he his way of seeing shit is obviously different from you. Yeah, that's true. And to be honest with you, if he did reach out, I don't know how it would react, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, it took me a couple of times. But as of right now, the way I'm looking at it, it's just a fucked up situation from the start. Uh, I, you know, of course, of course, I, there's some blame on my side, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not what I wanted. You know, th- this whole friends with benefit kind of bullshit, or this whole, you know, because uh, I won't degrade myself to be like I have feelings for you, but I'll be your friend while you see other guys. It's like no, go see other guys, go friends with benefits, other guys, and I just do my thing. Yeah. So the way I'm looking at it is, all right, so I'm starting school soon. I got great friends around, music, yeah. comedy. And uh, I'm fortunate for, for what's-his-face that we're no longer friends. He has his own life to live, and, and I have my own life to live. And, of course, it sucks. It's hard because we're in the same circles, but it is what it is. I think y'all should just kiss and make up already. See, here's the thing, man. <laughs> since, since we're on this subject, yeah. he, he, oh, he... Obviously... I don't know. It's like, I mean, he was, I consider him a friend, but he wasn't, you know, a deep, deep circle of friend, you know? Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, well, I mean, you were talking I mean, about, I mean, I mean, is it, if is he it, wasn't a deep, it, deep circle of friend, then you were talking about him being your friend and you giving him that loyalty. Is, is our shit, like, ruining the local comedy scene or something? Yes. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, it's like Godzilla in fucking Tokyo. That's what <laughs> it is. It's just... Everyone has taken sides. Lines have been drawn. Really? Yeah, no. it's like Twilight. Get it's like here. Edward versus Jacob, man. It's <laughs> fucked up. Hey, man. I, I really hope that's not true. No, and, it's not. Uh, but good. it's just, it bums uh, me out to see. That's why I brought it up. Hey, I mean, it's it's the way I see it. He, he He's not the first that did this to me, so. Man, so. y'all motherfuckers are so machismo. Hey, sorry, man, but that, that's where I come from. And that's that's where I, I come from, too. So... I mean, you. I mean, granted, you may perceive how I'm handling stuff as not the the right no, thing. No, I think you're handling things but fine. I'm just saying, you might be happier. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, right. As of right now, my train of thought, as of as of you know the 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 actual process and the actual progress I'm making right now, huh? I, I think I'm fine, and I and I do hope he's fine, and I do hope she's fine. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, I do care for their well being. For her well-being, especially, so fuck it, let it be. And on that note, we'll end this podcast episode. All right, thanks for having me. Hey, man, honestly though, thank you for coming. Yeah, ben Jaramillo, I, I I appreciate you coming here and giving us you know a bit of your mind and how you work. <laughs> All right, we're out.